Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Nature is a dangerous place. On Monsters Inside Me, the podcast, listen to the life or death experiences of people who have survived animal attacks, natural disasters, and deadly parasites alike. Featuring audio from Discovery Channel, Science Channel, and Animal Planet, from hit shows like This Came Out of Me, Nature's Deadliest, Still Alive, and I Was Prey. Listen to Monsters Inside Me wherever you get your podcasts. If you happen to be in London and you want to buy diamonds... There's one place that all the guidebooks will tell you to go. Hatton Garden. The Hatton Garden is like the diamond center of London. It's been the jewelry center since the Middle Ages. But over Easter weekend in 2015, Hatton Garden became the site of a shocking heist. It was the biggest robbery in British history. They got this very expensive diamond tip drill and they drilled three holes next to each other so it was just wide enough for someone to slip through. The voice you're hearing is Gordon Bowers, who happened to walk through Hatton Garden that weekend with absolutely no idea what was going on underneath his feet. He's written a new book called The Great Diamond Heist because he, like the rest of the UK, was really riveted by this crime. The press marveled at the strength and acrobatics it took for the robbers to drop through an elevator shaft, pry open a metal gate, drill an 18-inch hole through several feet of concrete, and then shimmy through it. So imagine the shock when it was discovered that the heist had been the work of a motley crew of senior citizens. Everybody seems to love this, but the fall elderly gentleman can sit for several years in a pub and plan a job like this and actually pull it off. I mean, it's just amazing. So who is the mastermind of this plot? Brian Weeder, who was uh, 76 um, and uh, not, uh, not a well man at all. And I turned up the first night with his own disabled bus pass so he could travel free on the uh, public transport. A career criminal, Brian, was first arrested for breaking and entering at age 11 and had served time for a robbery in the 1980s. But he hadn't attempted a heist in decades when he assembled the gang to knock over the Hatton Garden safe deposit. His number two? A man named Terrence Perkins, who brought three days' worth of insulin along in the heist to control his diabetes. His 67th birthday during the heist. Third crew member, Daniel Jones, 60, a burglar and fitness enthusiast. He'd studied online videos to learn how to use that diamond drill. The fourth member of the group was 75-year-old John Kenny Collins, also had a long rap sheet. He was reportedly going deaf and was the one who eventually made the slip-up that got the group caught. He had a very distinctive white Mercedes. And because 
this house was down in the middle of the jewelry district. There were cameras on every corner. When investigators noticed the car on the CCTV footage, they traced it back to the pub and saw the men meeting about a month after the heist. They filmed through the window of the pub and there were lip readers to see what they're discussing. The police put bug their cars, they're all raided simultaneously, and they find the jewelry in, in the houses. Loose lips sunk their ship. But in writing the book about these four robbers, Gordon wonders, maybe it wasn't actually all about the jewels at all. I think it's Tony Perkins said, when they were bugging his car, even if we get caught, at least we can, we can go down with our heads held high. We had one last fling. Part one, the geriatric crime wave. So my point in sharing the story of the Hatton Garden heist isn't just to have somebody on the show who has a British accent, I swear. No, but the story is indicative of something bigger, right? I'm Will Johnson. I'm Amy Angelowitz. You're listening to What the Crime, the podcast that explores the stranger side of crime, part of the Panoply Network. On today's show, senior citizens. Because, believe it or not, in countries all over the world, we're seeing more crimes committed by people over the age of 65. For the first time ever, Japan's elderly are committing more crimes than its teenagers. According to the BBC in the first half of 2015, police took action against 23,000 elderly folk there and noted that violent crime committed by people over 65 had risen 10% in just one year. That is a quick rise. Yeah, it is, but it's not isolated. In South Korea, authorities told Bloomberg News that crimes committed by the elderly went up more than 12% from 2011 to 2013. And in Taiwan, crimes committed by seniors have nearly doubled since 2000. Doubled. Yep, and get this. In 2012, Taiwanese authorities busted a drug ring headed by a 70-year-old woman. According to the Taipei Times, she did it because her pension was too low. Meanwhile, in Germany, the Opa Bond, or Grandpa Gang, stole about $1.5 million in a series of bank robberies for that same reason. One gang member said he was trying to buy a farm so his kids couldn't put him in a retirement home. That's sad. But it also kind of makes me wonder, how many senior citizen crime rings are there out there? Well, there are a lot of places to look. A recent study in the Netherlands also showed a rise in elderly crimes. What's especially strange is that it noted the sharpest increase among people Not over the age of 70, over the age of 80. So is this happening in the United States too? It certainly is. Lots of research here. Arrest of seniors seem to be on a strong upswing. In the 90s, people over 60 here in the U.S. accounted for less than 2% of those arrested. In 2014, it's gone up. They represented nearly 5% of arrests. So what you're saying definitely tracks with what we're seeing on Crime Feed. We've noticed a lot of senior citizen crime stories that you just can't make up. Yeah, I've got some good ones, too. Can I go first? You should. Okay. Well, I would like to start um, by telling listeners about Polly Richards, who is 64, so a little shy of that 65 line, but close enough to include her in this episode. She was arrested for alleged assault and battery at an early bird all-you-can-eat buffet in North Carolina. Guess what time the fight broke out? What time? 3.45 p.m. Oh, wow. That's super early bird special. Yeah, it's more like lunch as far as I'm concerned. But anyhow, it all started when an elderly man cut in front of Polly in line and she grabbed the man's shirt, shoved him up against the wall. um, And according to a local television report, she also allegedly tossed a plate that hit a 62-year-old woman in the leg. Don't cut in front of Polly. (laughs) Especially when she's hungry for early bird buffet. All right, here's another story. Uh, As for Alexander Clement, 68, and his wife, Christine, 64, they just wanted some pudding. Don't we all? Okay, so the New York couple ran afoul of the law in 2010. They bought dozens of boxes of pudding from different grocery stores and allegedly replaced the mix inside with salt and sand, and then they returned them. 
The two are charged with petty larceny and tampering with a consumer product. As CBS News put it, authorities said there's no indication that the Clements sought to harm anyone, but instead were trying to obtain the product without paying for it. So last week, we shared some of the many senior citizen bank robbers, right? Researching that episode got us thinking, who is the world's oldest bank robber? That award goes to J.L. Hunter Roundtree of Texas, who was sentenced to 12 years in prison for a robbery committed at age 92. That was back in 2004. Okay, so doing the math, to finish his term, he'd have to live to be 104. And sadly, Amy, he did not. I thought you were going to say that. However, 86-year-old jewelry thief Doris Payne is still going strong. She's long used her charm and 22 different aliases to steal bling from jewelry stores. So the thing that she's most proud of is the fact that she never has to conceal any of her items. She just kind of walks out with them on. So her criminal record dates all the way back to 1952, and she's been arrested many, many times since. Rumor has it that Halle Berry's going to play her in a movie. So a real charmer. Well. So other high-profile senior citizens brought to justice recently, Ponzi schemer Bernie Madoff, he's 78, and Anthony D. Marshall, who swindled millions from the estate of his mother, Brooke Astor. At age 89, he was only the fourth oldest inmate in the New York State prison system, says the New York Times. Okay, so there's actually three older inmates. That's right. Good math, Will. So I got another very unsettling story for you. So 78-year-old Lillian May Levy proved that you're never too old to go bonkers when you find out that you're a significant other is cheating on you. She shot her 62-year-old boyfriend while camping in Virginia after finding out that he'd been stepping out on her. She was sentenced to 17 years in prison. That's not funny. No. So chances are these stories challenge your idea of senior citizens as quiet, risk-averse, or law-abiding. So who exactly are today's senior citizens? Crime Feed correspondent Emily Kaiser investigates that next. Senior citizens today. If 40 is the new 20, it seems like 70 is the new 30. Getting older no longer means days of Mahjong and nights of Wheel of Fortune reruns. 64-year-old pole dancer Greta Pontarelli defies gravity with intimidating upper body strength. 83-year-old Ruth Flowers found a second career as DJ Mammy Rock. Competitive surfer Barry McGugan is riding killer waves at the ripe age of 85. And Tao Porchin Lynch, who calls herself 97 years young, is proud to be the world's oldest yoga teacher. But there is one senior who is my personal inspiration. Her name is Joanna Robeck. She is the creator of Prancercise. At age 60, she gained viral fame after posting a video of her workout regime. We called her up to talk about it. Prancercise itself is a springy rhythmic movement forward, similar to a horse's gait ideally induced by elation. When I invented Prancer Size, that's exactly how I felt. This was back in 89. I heard a really good song on my Walkman, and I started moving in an unconventional fashion as a result with my ankle weights on because I was power walking, and it just became a natural um, extension of the way I was feeling and the way my body wanted to move. Fast forward to 2012, when Joanna celebrated a big birthday. When I turned 60, I decided it's do or die. I, you know, I didn't have any excuses now. I published my book. I did uh, my website and also um, a video to just demonstrate, you know, the movement. The video has 12 million views. Yes, there are parodies, but Joanna is excited about the reaction from people in her age group. Seniors embraced it. I got a lot of fan mail from seniors saying, oh, wow, this is such an inspiration to me. And my 
program is more like recess. It's not like a workout. And that's what I want it to be. It's very liberating. To Joanna, prancercise isn't just an exercise. It's a mindset. Prancercise lifts your spirits. You know, elderly people, you know, uh, start to oftentimes get depressed if they lose a spouse or whatever it is. Prancercise is very uplifting. Joanna perfectly prances that fine line between young at heart and knowing your age. But it seems that some seniors are taking things to the extreme. Several high-profile articles in recent years have taken us inside retirement communities, and a few of those notorious communities seem more animal house than Golden Pond. According to the Daily Mail, at one of the largest retirement communities in Florida, residents say things like, every night is a Saturday night, cops issue warnings to couples caught doing it outside, and residents say that golf carts are the new back seat. Booze runs freely. There's even a black market for erectile dysfunction drugs. At this age, the dating pool is skewed, simply because women tend to live longer. There's competition for men. But yes, even for married folks, there's reportedly an active swinger scene. So does belated partying play into crime? Good question. One thing you learn when writing about crime, nothing inspires a person to make a terrible decision faster than love or drugs. Criminologists have a concept they call aging out. It's the idea that after 30, the likelihood of a person committing a crime goes down every year. Senior citizens living more vibrant lives is clearly a good thing. But could it make aging out a thing of the past? We'll just have to wait and see and secretly hope that the good times are still rolling by the time we reach 65. The Senior Citizens Discount. By now in this episode, you might have forgotten about the seniors who ransacked the Hatton Garden safe deposit in London. Each of them was sentenced to six to seven years in prison, which honestly seemed a bit low to us. Their sentence got us wondering, did judges take it easier on senior citizens? That is a great question, and I actually had the same one, so I spoke to criminologist Weston Morrow, who is a postdoc scholar at Arizona State University, and he studied this question specifically. So... Weston and his co-authors looked at data from the United States Sentencing Commission to see if sentences differed by age, race, and gender of the defendant. They found what Weston describes as a senior citizen discount in sentencing, kind of like a half-price ticket at the movies. Here's Weston. So a senior citizen discount means that judges tend to grant more leniency toward older defendants than younger defendants. And this leniency manifests in the... Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Nature is a dangerous place. On Monsters Inside Me, the podcast... 
Listen to the life or death experiences of people who have survived animal attacks, natural disasters, and deadly parasites alike. Featuring audio from Discovery Channel, Science Channel, and Animal Planet, from hit shows like This Came Out of Me, Nature's Deadliest, Still Alive, and I Was Prey. Listen to Monsters Inside Me wherever you get your podcasts. Form of a reduced likelihood of incarceration and shorter sentence length. The senior citizen discount gets even more complex when you look at gender. So older women are given even more leniency than older men. Most research finds that female defendants are treated with more leniency than male defendants by judges. One explanation for this disparity is that they are perceived as family cornerstones or the individuals most integral to protecting their children, preserving intact families, and providing for their families' social needs. These roles do not diminish as women age. In fact, they may become more salient, especially as one becomes a grandmother. All right, so I can see how it might be hard to lock up a nice old grandma unless she did something truly heinous. Like burn the meatloaf? Amy. Okay, sorry. But I do want to point out an interesting race effect that Weston and his co-authors found. Of elderly defendants, Latino defendants over 60 were treated with the greatest severity, while Caucasian defendants over 60 were in the middle, and African-American defendants over 60 were sentenced with the most leniency. All right, so what does Weston think is going on with that? Here's what he thinks. For African-Americans, they may be receiving more leniency uh, as senior citizens because they're no longer stereotypically perceived as the dangerous offenders that they once were in their youth. And so the idea here is that stereotypes related to race and crime are age-graded and may change across you know, time. Judges don't perceive senior citizens as being as culpable or threatening as their younger counterparts. Also, there are greater organizational and social costs associated with incarcerating senior citizens, you know, such as tending to the needs of senior citizens who are suffering from physical and mental health conditions. All right, so it actually strains the system to have senior citizens in prison. Yeah, according to the ACLU, state and federal prisons spend about $16 billion a year on elderly convicts. And with the population aging, that cost is expected to go up. People over 55 make up the single fastest growing segment in U.S. prisons. So judges might be unconsciously pragmatic in not giving harsher sentences to senior citizens. But I wonder if empathy plays into this whole thing as well. What do you mean by that? Well, some of the crimes mentioned in the show so far, like that lawn-clipping murder attempt, just, I, I can't understand. But the folks who started drug dealing because their pension was low or the bank robber who didn't want to be sent to a retirement home, it's not that I think they did the right thing. Obviously, they didn't, but I do feel for them. A lot of seniors are struggling financially. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 4 million seniors live below the poverty line. And CNN Money reported recently on how seniors are struggling with debt and not just mortgage, but also credit card debt. Apparently, one-third are paying for basic living expenses like rent, medical expenses, on credit cards, which is just not a good situation. You know, Will, the financial struggle isn't even the thing that gets me most. The thing that gets me most... It must be so hard to see your body decline and to lose your independence and to lose loved ones who've made your life meaningful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel for any senior citizen who commits a crime because they feel frustrated or lonely or angry. And, you know, the other thing is the the mental decline as well. Oh, that 
terrifies me. There is a link to crime here, so not to be too much of a downer, but I stumbled upon a study from the University of California, San Francisco's Memory and Aging Center that looked at dementia and petty crime. So apparently with some forms of dementia, it affects people's ability to control their impulses, and so they become more likely to shoplift, trust, pass, and make inappropriate sexual advances. So all things that could get them arrested. And for 14% of these dementia patients, committing a criminal act is actually the first symptom that something is wrong. So almost 8% of Alzheimer's patients in the study had unintentionally committed a crime of some type. Right. So if someone walks out of a store and forgets to pay and it's Alzheimer's, I get it. So we heard a lot about senior citizens who committed crimes, but what about seniors who fought crimes? That's coming up next. Part three, crimes against seniors. You know, people, us included, certainly seem to have a soft spot for senior citizen rebels. Oh, I definitely do. And I actually asked criminologist Weston Morrow about that. I think there's so much interest because these kinds of crimes defy our preconceived notions of elderly people. You don't expect it because you see crime Uh, as being a young man or woman game. Well, the stories we've told so far are intriguing. We also have to point out that cases of elderly criminals are relatively rare. The more common scenario, senior citizens who are victims of crime. This reminds me of a case we covered about a Chicago 30-something, Candy Ellie. She carried on this fake relationship with an 86-year-old for years, and among the other things she asked him for... A spinal transplant. Oh, God. God, yes. She scammed him out of $1.2 million and a car and was sentenced to eight years in prison for that. Amy, and you remember McGruff, the crime dog. How do you ever forget a dog in a trench coat, Will? No, you can't. McGruff is the spokesperson for the National Crime Prevention Council, which educates seniors on how to become, or rather avoid becoming, crime victims. I called President and CEO Ann M. Harkins. The first thing we talked about was how senior citizens are susceptible to con scams and identity theft. Here's Ann. Every year, hundreds and thousands of seniors are victims of financial fraud and theft. One of the things our research has shown at the National Crime Prevention Council is that oftentimes seniors are too polite for their own good. They don't hang up the phone. They don't say no. They think they have to listen to whoever is on the other end of the phone. That makes me so mad, especially considering what we talked about earlier with senior citizens being lonely and living on less than the rest of us. Yeah, so this is appalling too. 37% of telemarketing victims are senior citizens. One fraudster told investigators, quote, it is an article of faith in this business to go after old folks. Sure, evil. Of course. And it's not a given that someone trying to con a senior, however, will get away with it. Here's Anne's advice for how to shut down financial crime. We remind people is if it's not rude, it's shrewd. If you don't know who you're talking to, hang up the phone. I'm also really curious about elderly abuse. So in New York, there's been this whole campaign of PSAs on the subway about it. Yeah, abuse is a really big problem, a sad one. Here's Anne with more. Abuse against the elderly is today where abuse against children was 30 years ago. And it's something we all need to pay attention to because about 10,000 people per day are turning 65 and will for the next 15 or more years. So you have to be very careful and be working with people that you trust. And if something happens, don't be embarrassed. Report it to the authorities. And I also want to ask about neglect. Yes, so elderly neglect, also an issue. Anne points out something interesting here. 
there really aren't neglect cases. Once you scratch a neglect case, you find abuse. Huh. So she has a good point. So, Will, what have we not talked about yet? Well, we've skipped a big one. Muggers and thieves often target seniors. Here's Anne again. Again, it's a danger for all of us, but I think that the elderly can be more susceptible. Their eyesight may be failing. Hearing may be failing. Our sensory ability to, to pick up that something might be wrong or someone is following us, those senses may be weakening. Of course, targeting old people doesn't always go as expected. In 2007, a tire iron-wielding mugger approached 74-year-old Bruce Ferraro in a mall parking lot in New York, ready to mug him. But Bruce fought back, according to the news. Somehow, Bruce managed to pry the tire iron from the mugger's hands. The mugger ran and was later arrested. Go, Bruce, go! Yeah, absolutely. Okay, but it's not the approach that the NCPC suggests. If people are asking money, give give them the money. Give them your purse. It may take you a while to to reestablish those credit cards, but better that they have the credit cards than you have a concussion or a knock on the head or a broken hip. And one final topic here is fear. I read on the NCPC website that half of people age 75 or older are actually afraid to leave their homes after dark. And that one third of seniors say that fear of crime has contributed to a sense of loneliness and depression. What I would suggest is that you make sure you have an active social life, that you're engaging with other people, that you have somebody you can go to the movies with. Befriend somebody who's 20 years younger than you are and take them out to dinner. So seniors like Joanna and even those retirement club partiers are doing the right thing. They're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. So... Before we close out, can we channel tire iron grabber Bruce and talk about a few more senior citizens to help thwart crimes? Senior citizen crime stoppers. Go. Okay. Love it. Last year in England, when an 80-year-old woman was assaulted while walking her dog, she calmly reached down and grabbed her attacker by the balls so hard that he fell to the ground. Ouch. And when five armed men entered a local jewelry shop in L.A. in 2012, they did not count on a 65-year-old woman pulling a gun. According to the L.A. Times, when the woman fired shots, the robbers scattered. Their SUV pulled out before three of them could get in. Glad no one got hurt. But Anne, Anne McGruff, the crime dog, would like to remind us that senior citizens don't have to fight in order to fight crime. In 2012, two Chicago senior citizens, one 89, the other 71, put the kibosh on a shady duo running a scam where one of them distracted a homeowner while the other broke in. One senior reported a suspicious person who'd knocked on her door claiming to be a new neighbor. 20 minutes later, the other reported a strange man looking to buy a lawnmower. The calls gave the police the information they needed. I love it. You can be a hero with one simple phone call. Hey, listeners, have you seen an elderly hero in action? Go over to facebook.com slash crime feed and tell us about it. We want to know. We love elderly crime stoppers. Will, can I ask you a question? Yes. So who is the senior citizen who's had the biggest impact on you? Oh, my. What about you? Okay, for me, uh, it has to be my grandfather. You know, he had a compliment for everyone. He had something nice to say to everybody. And he was also a great writer. He wrote amazing poems. Can I share one with you? Yes. Okay, it's really short. So my favorite poem of his went, Life is like the flushing of a toilet, a gurgle, a gasp, and gone. Wow. Nice. That sounds like I'd like that on a wall hanging or a pillow. Needlepoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so thinking about him and all the senior citizens we've talked about today reminds me of something that should be obvious, but it bears saying. Senior citizens have the same rich inner experience that we do. They have the same stew of desires, impulses, needs, and fears. I mean, 
Facing your own mortality toward the end of life is a hugely complex thing. Yeah, you know, I think uh, we have a tendency either to sometimes speak to seniors condescendingly or even to treat them as like wise, all-knowing creatures. But this episode is a good reminder that just like all of us, senior citizens are complex. They can make big mistakes and they can also be heroes. Speaking of senior heroes, can I tell you about my spirit elder? Spirit elders, that, so it's kind of like a spirit animal. Yes, yes, exactly. And my spirit elder has to be 65-year-old community activist Diane Barker of Phoenix, who was given a legal order to stop doing cartwheels. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I hope I'm doing cartwheels at that age. I hope so, too. Non-stop. Mine would have to be the unidentified 82-year-old man who got a citation for flying a kite in the nude in an Ohio park. I don't even want to ask you why. Well, who wouldn't want to fly a kite nude in the park? <sighs> Oh, Will, you're so special. Well, crime fans, that concludes the second season of What the Crime, but please don't despair. Go ahead and check us out on iTunes for episodes you might have missed from Crimes Committed While Hangry to Crimes in Las Vegas. And if you're ever in need of more crime-tastic crime headlines, head over to crimefeed.com. What the Crime is presented by Investigation Discovery, America's leading mystery and suspense network. It's researched and written by Kate Torgovnik-May, and it is hosted by me, Will Johnson, the amazingly and alarmingly talented Emily Kaiser and Barry Blitch, and of course, Amy Angelowitz. What the Crime is produced by Paul Giannis and Liz Massey, recorded and mixed by the talented and handsome Joe Powers and edited by me as well. Music by Lewis Weeks, thanks to Anand Galat for the artwork. What the Crime is available on iTunes, where we invite you to subscribe, rate, and review us. Folks, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next season. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at ID Crime Feed and tell us the topics you'd like us to investigate. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Nickelodeon was kid everything, but that marked one of the darkest chapters. Three predators worked at Nickelodeon. It made me wonder who was being hurt. Quiet on set, an ID true crime event, Sunday, March 17th at 9, on ID and stream on Max.